Welcome to Deckert's Committed Capital. This is an episode of Sidecar, a special bite-sized discussion of the latest market issues. Hello, and welcome to Committed Capital Sidecar, our first ad hoc bite-sized podcast covering a quick update on a development that will affect private equity. In this episode, we'll be speaking about the Corporate Transparency Act and its new beneficial ownership disclosure requirements. My name is Steve Pratt, and I am a private equity partner in our corporate and securities group based in the Philadelphia office. Hi, I'm Mark Evans, a private equity partner based in London. And I'm Sarah Kupferman, a private equity partner based in New York. Mark, Sarah, thanks for joining me. We have a lot to cover today, so let's get started. Sarah, why don't you start by setting the stage? What is the Corporate Transparency Act? What are its motivations? And why are we talking about this now? Sure. So the Corporate Transparency Act, or the CTA, was enacted by Congress on January 1st, 2021, as part of the National Defense Authorization Act. Its aim is to prevent money laundering and the financing of terrorism through the use of shell companies in the U.S., Until now, as you know, in most U.S. jurisdictions, legal entities could be created and operated without ever publicly disclosing the identity of the people who own or control them. So we expect regulations to be written and published by early next year, at which point all newly formed or newly registered business entities in the U.S. will be required to disclose information about their beneficial owners. And within two years, existing companies will also need to make disclosures. Uh, There are some exemptions built into the CTA, so we don't yet know for sure how many entities will be impacted by these new disclosure requirements. But to give you an idea of the scale, the introductory remarks to the CTA note that more than 2 million corporations and limited liability companies are being formed in the U.S. each year. Right. The scale of impact here could be quite material to folks doing business in the U.S., Though, as you noted, the true extent is still somewhat uncertain pending publication of the regulations. Exactly. Uh, The CTA indicates the new requirements will apply to all corporations, limited liability companies, and, quote, other similar entities, uh, in each case formed or registered to do business in the U.S. So that seems to mean that foreign companies are subject to the new rules as well. All of the reporting companies will need to provide to FinCEN the full legal name, date of birth, a current residential or business address, and an identification number, like a driver's license or passport number, uh, or a FinCEN identifier number, which can be obtained upon request. Uh, We need to provide that information for each beneficial owner. Uh, For these purposes, a beneficial owner is anyone who exercises substantial control over a reporting entity or owns or controls 25% or more of the ownership interests of a reporting entity. Exactly what substantial control means is still subject to interpretation. Um, We expect that to be among the details clarified in final regulations that put these new rules into practice. Uh, We should mention, too, that in addition to the beneficial owners of each entity, the CTA requires the disclosure of identifying information for each of the people who submit the formation or registration documentation on behalf of a reporting entity. Uh, So it seems that lawyers or agents acting for their clients could also be personally implicated here. On the exemptions, it looks like the CTA actually has a pretty long list of entities that will be exempt from providing beneficial ownership information, including public companies, registered broker-dealers, and certain investment companies, investment advisors, banks and credit unions, money transmitting businesses, commodity trading companies, pooled investment vehicles, and active business entities and insurance companies. 
In addition, and perhaps most important in the context of private equity, business entities and the two following groups will be exempted from disclosing beneficial ownership details. Any business entity that, one, employs more than 20 employees on a full-time basis in the U.S., two, files income tax returns in the U.S., demonstrating more than $5 million in gross receipts or sales, including the receipts or sales of subsidiaries and other entities through which such entity operates, and three, has an operating presence at a physical office within the U.S., and second, any business entity owned or controlled by a business entity that is itself exempt from the beneficial ownership disclosure requirements of the CTA, with some limited exceptions. While the application of these exemptions is subject to the forthcoming regulations, taking these exemptions together, it seems likely that many larger companies and their subsidiaries will be exempt from having to disclose beneficial ownership details. Mark, from a UK and EU perspective, is this concerning at all? Do you expect any consternation on your side of the pond as a result of these new rules? No, I don't think that these regulations present any concerns from a UK or a European perspective. In the UK context, similar regulations have been enforced since 2016, and there's very much a perception that, to date, the lack of beneficial ownership disclosure in the US has been a significant gap in seeking a level of parity in beneficial ownership and related AML reporting requirements across financial centres. So, Mark, if the U.S. is following the European lead on this, where can we expect this is going? What other developments followed in the U.K. and EU? I think over time, we're going to expect to see an expansion of the regime in terms of the types of entities which are covered, limitations to filing exemptions, and potentially an expansion of the information required to be provided. Our experience indicates that over time, relevant information provided is often more widely shared with a greater range of bodies seeking to access and share this information. And that applies both domestically and possibly overseas. In Europe, this has led to a significant push for beneficial ownership information to be made publicly available, which is already the case in certain countries. The latest EU anti-money laundering directive now requires that EU member states have publicly available registers, but only some EU states have already implemented that requirement, including the UK, which was the first country to do so. Sarah, picking up on this point from Mark, what can you tell us about who will have access to the information shared with FinCEN under the CTA? Should we be concerned about sensitive information circulating widely? Yeah, great question. So the beneficial ownership information is not supposed to be generally available to the public. Uh, the CTA mandates the creation of protocols to ensure that disclosed information is only used for law enforcement, national security, or intelligence purposes. Uh, in addition, employees of the Department of Treasury will have access to the information if their official duties require it, and uh, also they may obtain access specifically for tax administration purposes. And you know, finally, the CTA provides that the information can be disclosed to financial institutions, but only upon customer consent. Any compliance regime of this nature also, of course, begs the question, what are the penalties for noncompliance? Mark, can you speak to the penalties in the UK? Sure. I think the sanctions regime in the UK is potentially extremely onerous, with deliberate failure to comply potentially giving rise to criminal liability, unlimited fines, as well as a range of other remedies. However, it should be noted that these sanctions are generally reserved for serious cases of deliberate non-compliance to ensure the regime has appropriate teeth to encourage that compliance. Interesting. On the US side, the CTA contemplates civil penalties of up to $500 for each day that a violation continues or has not been remedied and criminal penalties ranging from fines to up to two years imprisonment 
for willfully filing false reports or failing to file. We expect the regulations to provide a bit more clarity here as well regarding who is liable and how the sliding scale of penalties will work, but potentially real dollars and real repercussions. Mark, Sarah, thank you both for joining us today and everyone out there, thank you for listening. We hope to cover more of your questions over the year. So if you have thoughts or topics you'd like to see covered, please reach out to any of your Deckert relationships to share them. You can find all of our resources at www.deckert.com, including other PE podcasts as they become available. Thank you.